Welcome to Solo BG. My name is Derek and I'm super excited to be in a new episode with all of you guys, which by the way, this is episode number four and I'm so happy that we met this far so far. Uh, today we have a great episode because we're going to be talking about the Street Masters Rise of the Kingdom, a one-to-four player game designed by Adam and Brady Sadler and published by Black Leaks Games. Also, this episode, it makes it very special because one of my best friends and my companion of adventures in every single board game Mr. Caleb Wiles is here with us. How are you, Caleb? I'm very good. Are you happy to be here? I'm excited to talk about our game today. Do you like the game that we're going to play today? Uh, spoiler alert, yes. I like the okay. game very much. You like to throw some punches sometimes to the bad guys? Yeah. What about to the good guys? Sometimes, when I play with you. Okay, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I figure it. So we will be talking about the Street Masters, but before we jump into the game and the art and all that you know, we talk about in every single episode, let's start with some news. News. On October 31... It's going to be released one of my most, most, most anticipated games for this 2018. And it's actually based on one of my favorite characters of all time, which is Batman. This game is going to be Batman Under Siege, the animated series. Well, the name is Batman, the animated series Gotham by City Under Siege. Batman, the animated series Gotham City Under Siege is a cooperative game where each player takes a role of a powerful hero and must battle against multitude villains threatening Gotham City. Each hero has their own skills and abilities in defense of their ever-increasing threats to corrupt and leave Gotham City in ruins. The player must work together as they move through the four acts of the game, with each act introducing a new, more, a new and more villain threats to the city. Designed by Richard Linus and Michael Giglino, and Batman animated series Gotham Under Switch, it's a cooperative game for one to five players. One to five players, once again. So that's the game that I'm looking forward to to release and i already pre-ordered it so you should go and check it out i know that in amazon it's released until october 31st so but now you can go and pre-order it it's a game that i'm really looking forward to play it many times i tried out the gen con in 2018 and it was a great great experience once again batman the animated series under siege published by idw games another game from idw that is going to be released until february of 2019, February 27 of 2019, is Sonic the Hedgehog Crash Crash Course. I'm sorry, this board game. I don't think it's gonna be solo or cooperative, but it seems like a pretty good board game that I'm looking forward also to get in the future. It's remember on the Sonic the Hedgehog uh, Sega games when you were in having some mini games about racing. Well, pretty much this game is. It seems like it's gonna be about that. It's, once again, it's called Sonic the Hedgehog. Crash Course, and it's going to be released on February 27 of 2019, at least on Amazon. And it has a very good price, actually. It says that you can pre-order it right now for $29.99. So you should check it out from IDW Games again. Sonic the Hedgehog, the Crash Course bot board game. And lastly, on October 15, we will have the anticipating expansion in Street Masters Aftershock. And I wanted to mention it because... It's going to be released on, on October 15, I believe, on Kickstarter, so you should check it out. And also because since today's episode is about Street Masters, I wanted to bring it on. I think I mentioned it on the first episode of this podcast. But once again, October 15, Street Masters, Aftershock, one to four players. It seems like it has the, the uh, same game length, 45 to 120 minutes, um, the same age, 14 pl uh, plus, And it's designed by the Sadler Brothers, published by Blacklist Games. A lot of people are waiting for this, I know. I know already that a lot of people are waiting for this, including me. It's going to be super fun. We're looking forward to it. Like I mentioned before, apparently the main characters are going to be uh, female, which is super cool. It's going to be 
giving the game a lot of uh, variance as well and um, more replayability. So we should check it out. October 15 on Kickstarter, Street Masters Aftershock. Box and cover. So now that we're going to talk about the box and cover, I need to say that I really like the art of this game. It's great. I think it's great. What do you think of the cover, Kelly? If you see, imagine that you see this, this cover, this box, on your favorite game store. What do you think? What impressions give you? So it definitely has a nostalgic uh, feeling that comes to mind when you see these uh, the artwork of the fighters. There's the six fighters on the mm-hmm. front, and it reminds me of sort of Streets of Rage or the Street Fighter game, all those mm-hmm. 90s beat-em-up games that we love so much. Um, and then when you look at the back and you see uh, the description and the pictures of everything that's crammed into this box, it definitely makes you think, man, this must have been a Kickstarter game, uh, which in fact it was, yeah. because there's so many components crammed into one box. But one of the best, I mean, I, you have more experience than me on Kickstarters, but I think from, I mean, I didn't get this game on Kickstarter, I got it actually at the last 2018 Gen Con, but uh, it's probably my favorite Kickstarter so far that I have got. Yeah, it's tough for me to say because I know we got uh, heavy hitters like Gloomhaven and things like that in the running. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, calling it a Kickstarter game, I think used to have sort of a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you would have a, a mediocre game or a bad game just covered up, uh, you know, with all the miniatures and amazing looking components. And that would be enough to get people to order it. Uh, I definitely don't think that's the case here. I mean, it has a lot of things crammed into the box, but the gameplay is also very satisfying. Okay. And talking also about the art and the cover. Like Caleb already mentioned, the front is it's very good. On the back, you have, like you said, the description of the game. Also, you will have that the time for each game is between 45 and 120 minutes. What do you think about that? I think that's fairly accurate. Uh, I do. I, I tend to not like when game designers will put such a large range. I mean, 45 minutes to 120 minutes um, is probably correct, but it definitely is a, <laughs> a huge range of time. It doesn't give you a great idea of what your experience is going to be like uh-huh. until you actually get it out and play. So yeah. uh, I think that's something to consider. Yeah, because I have tried this game solo a few times, and I will say that every time that I play, it's between this time range, like between 45 and 120 minutes, which is a long frame um but when we try it as a three players it took a little i think it took a little bit wilder than than 120 it might have been but that was also my first game so we had to do some rules explanations and there was a few uh, strategy things that we were discussing you mm-hmm. know as we were playing the game i think definitely your second time through you're going to be able to get in every game at least the ones i've played the scenarios uh, in yeah. under 120 and also it tells you that it's 14 plus um for the game and it's one to four players like we mentioned before what do you think about the size of the box do you think it's a nice size to you know, for storage and to put it on your shelf and and all that stuff. Or what do you think about the size? Uh, the size, I mean, it has a pretty standard game box size, sort of a square box design. Uh, so I, I like it, except for I think we're going to talk about a little bit later when we talk about the components. Yeah. You know, there's so much content crammed into here. Plus, when you start talking about the expansions, yeah. Uh, trying to fit things into one box, I don't think is going to be possible. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I mean, there's definitely things to consider along those lines. Another thing that I would like to mention for these. Uh, in this section about the box and cover is that I really like on the once you open the box and you will have the, the how do you call this one like the lateral the or, side panel the maybe? side panel yeah they are also showing you other expansions that they have for this game like Twin Tiger uh, which fun fact on the Twin Tiger um, uh, expansion it's actually the graphics are the two uh, Brady brothers I mean Sadler brothers on the on the main box. Also, you will have the BattleCon, a little bit of uh, pictures about that, and more expansions about Street Master and another good game that is coming out soon, Brook City, that I believe the Kickstarter campaign already finished, right, from Brook City? Yeah, I think they are taking late pledges, though, so if it looks like something that's interesting to you, you can still jump yeah, in. At least as a, as it's another recording. game that I'm also looking forward to, to try, but that's pretty much what you're going to get on the box and the cover, good size, like he said. We will talk about the uh, 
the difficulty sometimes for starch because once we get into the components, but it's a very nice art, very decent side of box. And another good thing about this, um, this box is that either if you want to display it, like for your friends, you have a very nice art. So now let's take a look what is inside the box. Inside the box. Now that we are inside the box, we're going to take a look of all the components. So Mr. Wiles, Mr. Caleb, magic of magicians. What do yeah. you think about the components? <laughs> I think the component quality uh, is, for the most part, pretty good, just to uh -huh. give you a, a rundown of what you're getting. So it is a Kickstarter game, like we mentioned, so there are 65 uh, little miniatures inside the box. That's a lot to paint, my friend. It is a lot to paint, <laughs> uh, which we can talk about painting in a little bit as well. Oh, yeah. uh, there, so you get six fighters, uh, and then there's the way the game works, which we'll talk about, uh, they sort of have sort of a sandbox approach. So you choose the enemy type, you choose the stage you want to play at, then you have the map tiles that go along with that. Uh, so there's basically four groups of enemies and then eight stage decks. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the, the map tiles are double-sided, double so it gives you one for every stage. Which, by, by the way, I love the quality of the of the stage map. Or, you know, yeah. I really like it. I, I, when I saw it first at Gen Con and they were playing it, I thought, like, well, probably it's small, you know, for a big table. It is kind of small it's nothing like big but it's the quality is great it's great i agree that was the first thing i saw too uh when i played the game at your house for the first time i thought that the map was pretty small uh, and i thought originally i thought that was sort of a negative mm -hmm. um but the more i've played the game i sort of appreciate uh the scale of it because when you're playing a game like this you've got multiple decks of cards you've got play areas for each of the players uh -huh. each of those play areas has different rows of cards that you have to maintain so even just with the cards all laid out, the footprint of this game can grow a lot faster than you think it would. Uh, mm -hmm. So keeping the map pretty small uh, sort of helps combat that. So when I'm playing this solo, everything is right in front of me, easily reachable. So, you know, sort yeah. of as a negative, I think it's a positive now. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, especially if, if you're going to go solo. This is a great size for a solo. It's a great, great size. It's probably, I mean, which other game have, you, have I been playing solo that I can compare Probably, I mean, talking about the mat and the size, like sometimes when you have those big games and you're playing solo, you have all your table and you need to go to the other side to reach to the to the map. This one, kind of, you know, I had the same feeling with uh, the legendaries. When I play the legendaries, it's like everything is reachable to me. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, with Street Matters, I feel like we are in the same page. Yeah, versus a game like Mage Knight, which I also love. You know, it sort of sprawls across the whole table. Uh, Gloomhaven is another, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> offender of this where it's it's so overwhelming to get the game out and you just know there's going to be so much cleanup and so much setup. And even once you are going to set the components up, where does this deck need to be? You know, should I yeah. move it? I'm an OCD kind of guy. So does it need to be, you know, a few inches to the left? I'll be able to reach it easier. Yeah. What's going to get mixed together? Now, don't get us wrong. I don't think it's like a hostage negotiator thing that you're going to have like a tiny, tiny, tiny thing. No, it's, I mean, sure. you have a pretty decent size. Yep. No, the hostage negotiator is bad. It's super good actually too, but... You got a decent size, but everything is reachable, so it's great for solo. That's that's yep. my main thing. It's great. What else we have on the on the box? Um, I mean, inside the box. Yeah, I think talking about the miniatures a little bit is worthwhile. So I'm not a big miniatures person. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm wowed by miniatures mm -hmm. that other people who are you know into the uh, cool mini or not things may look and be able to tell. Oh, this miniature isn't as good as that one. Uh, this game, though, I will say I had a few of my miniatures that came out of the box and they were sort of bent. Okay. Uh, and because the, the map is so small, that means the miniatures are also pretty small. Mm -hmm. So there's one cop character, for example, that, you know, uh, it's a female character. She has very skinny legs, and she's sort of bent over to the side, and you don't want to bend her back because you could snap her off the base. So I agree, yeah. There's a few issues like that. Uh, a few of the guns in the same way are, are bent, which I think is common with miniatures. Mm -hmm. So they're not the best quality miniatures, but I think they're certainly uh, good quality enough you know, especially for the money of what you're getting. Yeah, which actually, this is probably a good point to mention. 
uh, in the uh, previous episodes, I'll be talking to the end if it's better as a solo and cooperative. We're gonna keep doing that, but also we're gonna keep we're gonna try to add if what what aspects we don't like from the game and what do we like from the game. So we will we will be hearing a little bit of that at the end of the game. The cards that you get for the characters are very nice quality printed. Uh, each character will have a nice deck of cards, which are uh, good quality. You have the the cards for the bad guys. The cards from the stage. So it's a bunch of cards that you're going to get in the game, right? Yeah, there's hundreds of cards in the game. And one thing that I really liked was they gave uh, really nice uh, thick dividers as mm-hmm. well. So yeah. the card slots. Uh, again, we're talking about setup. And a lot of times uh, what I think about a game has to do with how much I want to play it at any given time. And this game is very easy to get out and play. You yeah. just grab the right divider deck. You grab the miniatures. You grab the map. And you're like off and running Really, really quickly for a game of this size. Um, so I think that's a big plus. Yeah, you will have a 16 uh, double-sided page rulebook, which great graphics, great quality printed. The pages feel great on your on your fingers. So it's pretty well self-explained about the game, which we will talk about that in a little bit. And also, there's a, a few things that I don't like from the rulebook that I will mention toward the end of the game. But I don't think we're missing anything, right, from inside the box so far? Uh, I guess it depends on if you want to talk about the expansion. So I think both you and I yeah. bought um, the, the the Kickstarter pack. I don't, I'm not even sure, actually, at this point, you can buy just the base game. I think they're still fulfilling Kickstarter I don't think orders. so. No, no. I, don't, I believe when you go to the Blacklist uh, webpage, they have the online store now. By the, by the way, you should go and check it out. And um, they all, all they only sell you the like the bundle yeah. that you got on Kickstarter and that we yeah. that I got on, on Gen Con too, which is the the main game. And then you get two boxes, one with the stretch goal from the Kickstarter and an expansion pack. Yeah. So it um, sounds like Nintendo 64, like when I say expansion pack. That's it, right. <laughs> it, it, brings, it brings memories. Another nostalgic thing. Yeah, the, yeah. With, with the boxes, though, um, you know, again, I'm an OCD guy and I like to organize my games and I like everything labeled and I want everything to be uh, super organized. Mm-hmm. And that was another, I guess, negative for this uh, game. It, I mean, it's over now. I've got it organized. But yeah. opening all those boxes and trying to figure out what goes with what was a bit of a challenge. Um, you know, there's some components that are in the Kickstarter uh, stretch goals box mm-hmm. that uh, it took some internet sleuthing to figure out that, oh, wow, <laughs> I have some minis that I don't have the cards for because they're actually, uh, you know, the minis that go with a, another expansion that I didn't purchase. So yeah. there's, there's a little bit of overlap of, you know, some of the components you would think would be in one box are really in another box. Um, so it was, it was a bit confusing trying to get that all sorted. And then, of course, uh, the problem of how to store it all. You don't want to have three big, huge boxes taking up, you know, an entire shelf on your Ikea board game shelf. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you want to try to condense it down. So I was able to condense it down basically with the cards and the maps in one um, of the boxes and then the minis and all the components, uh, tokens and such in the other. So I got it down to two, which isn't too bad. Yeah. Um, but it, it definitely took some uh, looking around on BGG and seeing how people were storing it yeah. to even come to that conclusion. Which, by the way, I, at the end, I will tell you what aspect I don't like from... It's kind of similar to what you were talking about. I will save it for the end. I will save it for, for, the, for the best at the end. Um, so now that we talk about the inside, the, everything that we had inside the box, which is a lot of stuff that you're going to get, a lot of stuff that you're going to punch, a lot of stuff you're gonna, that you're going to paint, um, we will jump into the gameplay to see how it works. Sounds good. Gameplay. Now that we are in the gameplay, let's see how this great game works. So you want to start, Mr. Wiles? Sure. Uh, I think the best way to explain this game, if you are familiar with the game Sentinels of the Multiverse, which is a very popular game for good reason uh, in the board game community and one game that I really like, uh, it has a very similar structure to the way that game works. So 
Um, basically, in Street Masters, on your turn, there's a few phases that you're going to run through. You're going to figure out basically what the threat is that's going to come at you this turn. So a bad guy will be spawned, uh, which gives you a chance to uh, sort of have tactical gameplay because uh, you don't have to wait until the end of your turn and be bombarded by something you didn't see coming. <laughs> it you, happens. <laughs> yeah. In this game, you get to see what's coming uh, and then plan your turn accordingly yeah um so you get to see that and then once it becomes your part of the turn basically all you're going to do is you're going to move you're going to play a card and then you're going to do an action and a lot lot of times you can get some good combos that goes along with this but the the turn structure itself is very simple so i I think you can see if you played sentinels of multiverse you know how that sort of uh plays along the same lines Mm -hmm. but uh there are actually a lot of things i like about this game uh more than sentinels of multiverse which we can talk about in a bit yeah so this game like you said Basically, it plays uh, every round on three different stages. So, st- stage, I'm sorry. So, uh, first, you will have the fighter turn. On the fighter turn, you will uh, bring some enemies to you, and then you will be choosing your actions, which, you, like you said, you can move, you can play a card, you can uh, run, you can defend, you can attack, you can interact with objectives or even with other fighters. And then you will have also on this same phase some reaction part that when the, now the enemies will attack you, the minions will attack you. And you will be getting your deck pretty much back together. Then you're going to have the second stage, which is the enemy turn or the enemy stage. Then the main enemy or the boss is going to try to attack you, try to walk towards you, try to probably get some people. Um, like there's a, uh, a scenario about the scare staff. Mm-hmm. He will probably try to kill them or grab whatever the objective uh, is, the goal. And then uh, finally, you will have a third stage or uh, what is called stage turn. And pretty much now is the stage that is making effects to the game either that they can affect you or the or the boss or they can benefit both or something crazy that's one aspect of the game that i that i like and i feel like it's different to uh, other games the fact that the stage can bring more people and you don't know if they're going to be good people or bad people it depends on the scenarios because it has a lot of scenarios which is something good about the game that you will have a lot of replayability uh, because you will have a, a campaign like a little campaign for every fighter, which it came with six fighters, the box. And then also you will have the scenario campaign. So mixing those, you will have a lot of replayability. But anyway, the stage is going to bring more uh, different aspects to the same scenario that you're playing particularly. Yeah, I think the stage is the part that makes it feel very thematic. And that's something that they borrowed um, also from Sentinels of the Multiverse. But one thing that makes this better, uh, in my opinion, is that you actually have a stage. So you actually have an environment that you're moving around. So you really feel like you're there. And then the stage cards, mm-hmm. you know, make that environment do different things or make people in that environment do different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really adds a lot of theme um, you know, to the game. And that, to me, is where a lot of the, the cool design elements come in as well. Um, like you were mentioning the scared staff, mm-hmm. I think, in the compromised stage deck. Uh, basically you're in an office building and there's armed robbers or, you know, hostage takers who come in, uh, and you have the scared staff who you're trying to protect and you're trying to lead to safety. Uh, and you're constantly trying to manage, you know, should I spend my turn, uh, attending to these scared people in the building or should I go after the boss? Because that's my ultimate win, um, you know, win condition, uh, and managing those things, you know, in that in that scenario is much different than the way you'll have to manage it uh, in a different stage deck scenario. So another, I think yeah. another thing that it get, really gets me from the game is that, well, you know me, how I like the games. And one of the questions that I always ask if I'm going to get a game or if I'm going to play a game 
is like if I'm gonna be able to die pretty much. Mm -hmm. On this game, you definitely will die yeah. a lot of times. You like high difficulty. Yeah, yeah. I'm very uh, extreme on that aspect. You can either uh, die, and which sometimes you will have your penalties if you're playing the campaign. Uh, and the uh, winning condition is pretty much killing the bad guys. You always yep. try to kill the bad guys, no matter what. Yep. So that's another aspect of the game that is, I think is very fun and very uh, makes it gives the game a little bit of difficulty level, you know? Yeah. It's not like a simple game. And a, a slight negative, which it, I, I wouldn't even say this is a negative because, after all, we are not actually in these scenarios. We are playing a game that's trying to simulate these scenarios. But I have run into a few situations where I can sort of game the system and... Uh, for example, in, in that environment, all you're worried about is killing the boss, even if there are armed guards and scared yeah. people and lots yeah. of other enemies. Uh, the game ends once you kill the boss. So there are a few times where you think, well, a hero right now wouldn't leave those scared staff to die. Yeah. But game-wise, you think, well, I, 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 you know, I, I can handle having one scared staff die if I ultimately beat the boss. Yeah, and that's what actually happened. Last time that I played this game, I was in that random scenario where pretty much once again, you're trying to kill the bad guy, but you have some care staff. Some you're in like like in a building in an office, and you know there's some uh, uh, civilians over there, and they're scared of the boss and the and the bad guys that are there. So they're trying to run in away from them. And your goal, well, what you don't want to is for them to capture two uh, members of the staff because once the stage or the bad guy captures two members of the staff, you lose the game. So pretty much, besides killing the bad guy, you need to be careful about them not letting you know getting those uh, staff members. So you need to get those staff members to a safety place and then try to kill the boss. And that was uh, something that really helped me in that scenario because I killed the guy, the main guy, so I win the, the story uh, scenario. But if I would be keep playing and finishing the round, I would be dead. Right. So I like the fact that you win the game as long as you... As soon as you, finish, you kill the bad guy, that's it, you win. So that's a good aspect. Sometimes... Just by saying it doesn't sound too fun, but believe me, this game, it's hard. So when you succeed in a scenario, you should celebrate it because yeah. it's hard to get there. It's hard. It is. It's very difficult. I will say, when we, talk, we talked earlier about that 45 minutes to 120 minutes, uh -huh. and that has to do with sort of the luck aspect uh, and can also change the difficulty aspect. So you, I can imagine a scenario uh, that you could play where you could think, oh, wow, that was pretty easy because the yeah. the cards come out in a very specific order and it just happens to be that you sort of got lucky with the, the way the cards came out. But yeah. I think in general, uh, you know, it, so that probably would also be one of your 45-minute games if yeah. you happen to get lucky. Normally, I think it's going to be more around the 90 minutes um, to, you know, 120. If you're playing solo, probably actually quicker, 60, 60 to 90 minutes, I would think. Sometimes, I mean, it depends. If you get in a situation that you don't know you, you want to play a card right now, you're trying to save it, but then probably if you try to save it, you're going to be killed before next round. So if you... Bring, if you came to those decisions, even if you're playing solo, it can take a little bit longer. But I, I think you're right pretty much on, on the time frame that you're, that you're saying. Uh, in any way, I mean, the game, is, it, plays way, it plays well. I'm sorry, it plays smooth. Um, it's fun. You will never get bored. The only um, thing about the game is like when, you play, when you're playing three or four players, uh, I will say above three. You need yep. to take in consideration that you're going to spend probably your whole gaming night with this game. Yeah, I think this is one of those games where I think a lower player count is better. I wouldn't want to play I haven't played it with four yet, but I don't think I would want to. Mm -hmm. I feel like three is probably about as the many top, as yeah. I would want. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't see why they limit it to four besides the time frame because, I, I mean, think about it. You can probably add another hero and play it five players. Probably yeah. we will, it will be more easier, but at the same time, no, because that's another important thing. Like every boss that you play against with, they have a health level. 
but it's by player. So usually they are 20 health. Yep. So if you're playing solo, there are 20 health, 20 punches or 20 kicks or whatever that it will take you in order to defeat them. But if you're playing two players, that 20 becomes 40. If you're playing three players, 60 and so on. Yep. So if even if you put another player and you make it five-player game, which it will be ultra long, yeah. um, you can still add just the health track and it will still be hard, right? What do you think? I think so. I think this is one of those games where, depending on the scenario, after you get done, I can see thinking, well, you know, this would have been easier with three players this time, or, oh, this time would have been easier solo, because you're managing that boss, which is going to scale linearly, as he mentioned, per player, Mm -hmm. Um, but you're also dealing with the environment, and sometimes the environment is the thing that's the most threatening to you, Mm -hmm. Uh, so... You know, I think that happens with a lot of games where they sort of have a, a sweet spot for uh, you know the number of players. Honestly, I think this one for most scenarios is going to work one to three pretty well, and four mm-hmm. if you're in for a, you know if you have somebody <laughs> who really wants to play. Yeah. Um, but I would prefer it the lower player counts. Yeah. Now it's important to mention before we jump into the next section and we're still in the gameplay. It's important to mention that yeah, it's a miniature game, but you don't have like a free movement like you know like in a lot of Warhammer or even the, one of my favorite games, The Walking Dead, the miniatures uh, game. You you move by inches pretty much like you you can move either two or three or four inches depends on the on the game in this miniature game you're moving by uh, hexagons I think that was, that's what they call yeah. it like you're moving to hexagons and each each hexagon is in space so that makes it also very very cool another aspect of the game that I like is the loot that you can get you can get loot by finding them and just being on crates that they're on the scenario on the map or also every time that you kill a minion you get a loot so and those those loot I'm sorry they really help you. They do, To survive. (laughs) Believe it or not, they really... So you're playing or you're going to play the game, just make sure that you get all the loot that you you can as possible because they will save your life. Even even one that it said soda or soda pop, that helps you a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Again, it's very thematic. It reminds you of those Streets of Rage type games where you walk by and you super kick a... Uh, a box and it explodes and you find a can of soda inside yeah you know, it's sort of that it, it reminds me of the, <laughs> another uh, super nintendo game called double dragon and yeah. i'm I, I haven't played the expansion right now i'm sorry the twin uh, tiger but i'm pretty sure that it's kind of the same idea of double dragon but just instead of dragons yeah. tigers bimmy and jimmy yeah but with uh, <laughs> with the Sadler brothers over there uh throwing some punches anyway this is how uh street master it's played in a few words you know uh kind of learning into the speaker but it's a, it's a game that you would really enjoy playing, and it's very easy to learn. Uh, we will talk about the rulebook in a little bit, um, some aspects that we like and we don't like. But it's easy to learn, don't you think? You think it's I think it's pretty easy to learn, especially if you're an experienced board gamer. I mean, I, I wouldn't say this is a, a gateway game, but I also, you know, I have some friends who are super into video games and, and you know, the 90s stuff that this comes from, and I could see myself, uh, you know, teaching yeah. it to them. Yeah, but, even, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. So now let's jump into the conclusions, and if we think it's better solo or cooperate, then let's go after the game to see what do we really enjoy and mm-hmm. why, why not too much, all right? Yep. Solo or cooperative? So now we arrive to my favorite part of the show, which is if we rather play solo or cooperative. Now, <laughs> this is a, I always say the same, but this is, this is really a hard one. I, always, I know that I always say, like, this is a hard one, isn't it? But this is really a hard one to go because I can see it, uh, once again, I always say going either way. But we will talk a little bit more about that. Um, first, because I'm with my friend Caleb Wiles, which, by the way, when I say magic of magician, is because he's actually one of the best magicians that I have ever known. We talk about that a little bit before we leave the episode, but... What do you think about this one, Caleb? Do you think it's solo, cooperative? 
why go one way? Why go the other way? Tell me your impressions. So I guess I would say uh, this is a game where, I guess given my current lifestyle and the way things work out and the way we have our weekly game nights, yeah. I, I would choose solo just because this is a game where I play it, and then right when I'm done, I want to play it again. And then okay. the next night, I want to play it again, and I want to work through the campaign. But I know that not everybody you know, in, in every game group is going to want to play this over and over and yeah. over again. So it sort of has that same problem with Gloomhaven. I love Gloomhaven with a lot of people, but I'd probably say for me it's mostly a solo game because just the time it takes. And you know, if it, you're playing it solo, you can play it at any time you have the, you know, the freedom to play the game. So yeah. for me, I would say I like it um, a little bit better on the solo front. Okay. Um, yeah. For me, I'm going to give like a random, uh, very mixed answer. I love it cooperative, two players. Yeah. Two players. That's, that's my, my, on first level, I, on first place, I'm sorry, I will put cooperative, two players. And it needs to be with another player that really loves the theme, that really likes the game, and that is willing with you to play at least two nights per week, In that way you can advance through the scenarios. Why? Because when you're playing a campaign, you're playing the scenarios from the stage or the campaign, I'm sorry, the scenarios from the campaign, and then also you're playing the scenarios from for each fighter. So that will give you a lot of scenarios to play and a lot of replayability. So that's the thing. My, in my first place, I will play cooperative two players. If it's not possible, then definitely I will go solo. It's definitely worth it to play on the campaign mode. They mentioned two modes of playing, or two game modes, I'm sorry, of playing, which is the arcade mode and the campaign mode. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely worth it to play the campaign mode. You will have, like I said many times during this episode, a lot of replayability. So that being said, I prefer Cooperative 2 and then Solo. Now, let's start with something new on the on the show that we will have now for each episode. What do you don't like from the game? Honestly, the main thing I don't like from the game has nothing to do with my actual time playing the game. You know, okay. once I'm at the table and the game is set up and, you know, everything is good to go. I think, you know, it's a really great experience. And th the way I judge games is, you know, the way it makes me feel. And this game definitely makes you feel like you're getting powerful. You know, one of the really cool things about the game is uh, as you're going through and you're fighting uh, each enemy, you roll dice. So yeah. normally people say, okay, yeah, it's another game where you move and roll against an enemy. A lot of dungeon crawls have that same feel. Yeah. But one thing I think that this one has that uh, sets it apart is when you roll the dice, you basically uh, are going to get a few different types of uh, results. And those yeah. results are going to be you know, either a successful kick or a punch or a grapple. Um, but everything you do, every time you roll a dice, you're going to get something. So you can either you know, get a kick to go through and uh, you know, potentially damage the enemy or you're going to get perhaps a kick um, token. That's like a defense token. Yeah. So that defense token uh, you keep, and next time somebody tries to kick you, uh, you get to turn that in. You don't take damage. And then what's really cool is what, even though you don't take damage, you also turn that kick token over, and now it becomes a power token. So yeah. you can imagine like the kung fu <laughs> movies or yeah. games where you know kicks and punches are coming from all over, and you're blocking them, and those are actually helping you to sort of uh, get into beast mode. So every character has a regular action, and then they have like a super awesome beast mode action. So mm -hmm. even though you're, t this is one of those games where you actually want to jump in the fight, you want to have people throw damage your way yeah. because it's going to build you up. Uh, one of the things that I don't like from the game, and probably it's not about the gameplay. The gameplay I think is great. I, I think it's a very smooth and very, like I said, very fun to play. What I don't like about the game is what we talked at the beginning: the size of everything. 
especially like like you buy the bundle and it's gonna be very very bad for storage wise like, yeah um there's no way that you can put everything in one box no especially i mean this is the kind of game too all these kickstarter games where it has nice components uh nice dividers and people want to sleeve their cards i mean if you play this same oh, character yeah, over no, and over no, yeah. uh you know you're gonna burn through that deck and they're good quality cards so that's you know a plus but you're definitely not gonna be able to sleeve no. the cards and fit them in a reasonable area and, and fun fact like uh you know a lot of you probably are members of the street fan street masters i'm sorry yeah street masters um fans uh facebook page uh, and a lot of people there there were these comments putting comments and pictures about how they sleep all the cards of the game yeah. and even one of the of the Saturday brothers he was saying something like why are you guys trying to focus too much on the sleeves you know yeah and I, I kind of agree I mean I don't see myself as leaving all these cards like there's a lot of cards and they're great quality I know that a lot of you guys they like you like to sleep the cards in that way you know if you're you know having some snacks or drinking something during a game night they still protect it yeah but I don't see this game for something, you know, that you want to sleep, like all the cards. Yeah, I, I, I go back and forth on that. It depends on the game. <laughs> uh, but this is too much. It is. It is. So as a magician, you know, I'm uh, into card magic, and I know about, you know, cheating at the card yeah. table. Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised at how many things that I you... Know how, I know how you cheat at yeah, that's, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. that's why. That's one of the things I... when I play with you, I, I kind of want to have a, like a camera behind you in that way. <laughs> I'm making sure that you don't cheat or, or something. Because yeah, it's hard. It's hard playing with you, Kelly. No, 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 no. Yeah. So I, to be clear to the listeners, I, <laughs> I, I never cheat because that's you know. Yeah. What's right. the point of playing the game if you're going to cheat? N- next but... time we will have another other friend, Jonathan, in that way he can <laughs> corroborate what I'm saying. Anyway. Yeah. So, but but there are you know cheating techniques at the card table where you know as you're playing cards. Yeah, you know, they're going to get bent a little bit. They're going to get nicked, uh, you know, on the side a little bit. Yeah. And this is a game where, you know, your strategy may depend on what that next card is that you draw. That's correct. And, yeah. you know, hypothetically, if you did have a card that gets uh, worn a little bit and now you know forever that that card is always going to be a, sp- a specific card in your deck, I can see the worry um, there. I-, I chose not to sleeve them just because of the expense and the fact that, uh, you know, I wanted to be able to have a-, a more manageable storage solution. But I do feel for the guys who want to keep everything pristine. Yeah, I agree. Now, talking about the miniatures, me, uh, contrary to you, I really like them. Yeah. I don't have too many experience of miniatures games besides, like I said, the Walking Dead, the miniatures, the All of War game. Um, but the miniatures for this game, I think the size is good. I like the quality of the miniatures. But what I don't like from the game is what you got in one of the most recent games that we're also going to do a show soon, The Reckoners. Mm-hmm. When you bought the game, you had the option of buy the miniatures pretty much pre-painted. So you don't have to worry about painting it. I just wish that they could do something like that here. I can see probably why not, because there's how many miniatures? 65? Yeah, 65 just in the base Just set. in the base So game. you're just looking at hundreds yeah. of dollars. Yeah. But, yeah. but I wish they had an option, which probably would be expensive, yeah. that you could get all the miniatures pre-painted. Now, I'm painting them, but I'm not very uh, talented in that field. So it takes me forever to, to paint a, game, a miniature. And if I do it fast, it's not like very good quality. Uh, so that's one of the things that I don't like. The other thing that I would like for them to add to the to their rule book, <laughs> or the box, I'm sorry, when it says 45 minutes to 120 minutes, uh, the gameplay the issue also said like 60 minutes for you to punch everything and, <laughs> and organize everything and whatever. I know it only happens once, but it's going to take you a while the first time once you open the box to punch everything, to organize all the cards. Like you said, miniatures that you don't have on this first a game, you will have them on expansions or their cards, vice versa. So the first time that you open and organize everything, it will take you a while, yeah. which is a good thing because it comes with a lot of stuff 
but that's another aspect that I don't like from the game. Are you? Do you think? Can you think about anything else that you don't like from the game? No, I think that's. It's mostly just the component quality thing issues in the storage. I mean, you talk about painting miniatures. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I started to paint my miniatures as well, and they come the miniatures packed in this like uh, plastic protective yeah. layers. Um, but that takes up like an entire box of just the minis. Yeah. And there's just no. I don't. I don't want to have multiple boxes of just the minis hanging around. So. But, but I, I don't see how they can fix that. Well, I think it, it just. They could have been more tightly packed, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think some of these things are just nitpicky. We're spending a lot of time on it. But uh, I think, you know, this is the game where I'm going to get out to the table a lot. I'm going to play it a lot. So I'm not sleeping the cards. I'm going to, you know, paint the minis and I'm going to throw them in baggies, which will drive. Like a real man. Yeah. <laughs> drive miniature <laughs> painters crazy. Yeah. But I, I you know, I just want to get the experience, you know, uh, of playing the game. Now, now that we went after we don't like, let's go with the, with the bright side. Yeah. Why do we like about the game? Why do you like about the game? I love it. I simply I love, love it. it. Yeah, it's def- out of all the episodes I've listened to all of yours, this is by far my favorite game of the ones that you yeah. talked about. You're talking about Solo BG? Solo BG, yes. Man, that's the best podcast in the world. The best podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, it's all Cult of the New. I just got the game a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. Uh, so, but, you know, if, if you ask me my favorite game of all time, I'm not going to say this game necessarily because I haven't played it, you know, enough. But mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely in the running of the most you know, the game I want to play the most at any given time. Just okay. It's so easy to get out, so fun to play. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, there's games like Mage Knight that I really love, but it feels like such a chore to get them out. You know there's going to yeah. be, like, they don't play smoothly and you have to look at the rule book a million times. This game, I mean, you're off and running and yeah. having fun. Uh, I love the game. I definitely love it. It's definitely in my top three yeah. of my solo games. Um, I like I said I really like the quality of the miniatures. I really like the gameplay. I really like the the fight how it is with rolling die on the on one side of the of the fighter die which is are they are red colored. Um it has like a brings me memories of X-Wing. It has yeah. like a critic like a critical result. But instead of like in X-Wing that you make double or direct damage instead of that with the critic on this die you will get an extra die. So you can be rolling theoretically infinitely. Yeah, exploding uh, dice. Exploding I think they call dice. It, yeah. yeah, as long as you're getting that result, that exploding or critic result. Yeah. Which that has saved my life a lot of games. Yeah. Rolling critic. It's hard to get them because it's I think one of five. Uh, one in six. One options, of six yeah. options. Yeah. But um, but once you get it and you feel lucky, you can keep rolling and yeah. kicking everybody's. But yeah, I guess, I and that say, speaks right? again to what I talked about earlier. This game makes you feel powerful, and you feel yeah. like that character, and you're like, you know, fighting guys from all sides, but yet you're still getting more powerful than you're, you know, feeling like you're in beast mode and uh, mm-hmm. unleashing all this damage. And you know, sometimes you can do, you know, <laughs> dozens of points of damage to one guy yeah. with just like uh, is it, the if right. If it's an important call, you can answer. No, 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 no. We'll, <laughs> you can, you can <laughs> we'll ignore the call for now. Okay, okay, that's good. <laughs> smart, smart. So, um, one of the other things that I like is like, I guess. It's very common that we see in games like license speaking. Mm-hmm. They were very smart and they went with street masters. But a lot of the characters that you will find in the game, they're definitely coming from sure, either sure. Street Fighters, Killer Instinct, Double Dragon, yeah. Mortal Kombat. But they did it in a very good way too. Like like yeah. you, it's not like you're seeing a copy. It's actually sure. like you're seeing a character, very nice developed character, but inspired by those games yeah they did a good job i think with that i haven't jumped into the story mode as much as you have but oh it's great i like how you have so they have you know i wish i could share my story with you but it it, it will (laughs) be a lot of spoiler seller yeah 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 Yeah, so one thing i you know look looking through the rule book and things you know they even the story campaign mode they have two different types so you can have the the regular story that you play through and Uh then you also have the uh the individual character stories they're like side stories so Mm -hmm. if there's a character you really like you can flesh them out and 
all of that just sort of adds to the uh, you know the theme of the game and uh, making it feel like its own world. Okay, now uh, we will be we talk about on the on the previous episode about our ratings, how I rate personally the games one to ten. When ten is an excellent or outstanding. Uh, well, actually, now it's not the same because ten is outstanding, nine is excellent. I also mentioned about where do I get these ratings from, which is boardgamegeek.com, which everybody knows probably boardgamegeek. Um, also, I would like to include from now on if if the weight of the game, if we think it's a light, medium light, medium medium heavy, or a heavy game. Now let's start with the rating. Um, no, let's start with the weight. What do you want to start with? Why weight or, let's or do the rating? Weight. Let's do the weight. Weight first. Yeah. Why? Because I'm too heavy. I'm too fat. <laughs> or what? No. We both have a lot of it. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's start with the weight now. Um, what do you think? The, what is the weight of this game? Uh, I always hate these questions because it depends. Uh, you know, depends on what. It. I mean. To what to what people? I mean, any board gamer who who's uh, you know got a lot of experience in board games is not going to think this game is difficult. So I would say it's more of a medium to light game. Okay. But yet, if you're talking to somebody you know off the street who you know hasn't played their first gateway game yet, they're going to think it's you know m- probably medium heavy. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, if you go with your friends that they play Monopoly like once every month and you show them that they will be like no, not just sure. heavy, like ultra heavy. Sure, it seems yeah. like there's a lot going on, but really, the I mean, all of the the complications come with the card play uh-huh. uh, with your own character, but the turn structure is very simple. You move, you play a card, you do an action, and that's you know that's your whole turn. Yeah. So um, I, I would say probably medium light. Medium light. I will go probably with a little bit more, like medium and some. Yeah, medium. I will leave it at medium. I was going to say medium heavy, but not. Sure. I, I think medium. Now, I, uh, talking about the ratings, um, what do you give to this game? So I have you, to. You cl- want me to mention again, like what is each rating? In yeah, way? we oh. can talk about it a little bit. So like ten, you, you yeah. on BGD is outstanding. Uh, we'll always enjoy playing and expect this will never change. Nine is excellent. Always enjoy playing it. Yep. And then when you get down to eight, it's very good. Enjoy playing and would suggest it. So uh-huh. yeah, I, I, I'm assuming we're going to be in the, in the yeah, high yeah. range. We, we get the idea uh, until you get to number one, which is awful, which is sure. defies the game description, which is not the case of this game. Right. So that being said, what do you give to this game? So. Given that scale, yeah. uh, I'm going to give it a ten. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean <gasps> I think. What the hell? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my language, but this is the first. Okay, now yeah. I'm going to need to tell the story how this came came into our tables. Sure. But this is the first time, and I'm being out of recording uh, excitement. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that I hear you calling a game, and especially one of my games. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. Such a high qualification. I, I'm, I'm shocked. Dude. So I should say, it's not a 10 out of 10 like a 10 out of 10 on a perfect test score. I mean, there's things that we talked about we didn't like about the game. Okay. But given the BGG ranking, I, I mean, all, I, all I'm signing off on is, is, you know, we'll always enjoy playing this game and expect it will never change. And I think this is a game I'll play for years to come. Okay. Because that was, I mean, now I'm, I'm, I'm very shocked with this answer. <laughs> I will give this game a 9. Okay. I think it's an excellent game and I always enjoy playing it. Um I think it's a great game. I mean, I don't see... If you ask me, like, why you, you don't give it a 10? I don't have an answer for that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just... I mean, it needs to be something like it's super, super, super amazing. And with anything bad from the game talking, in that way, I can give it a 10. Yeah. So that's why I think for this game, my, my rating will be a 9. And I want to know why you give it a 10. I mean, I, I mean I'm, it mostly, I'm still in shock. Like, it mostly has to do with the ranking system. I mean... There are games that I think are better games that are better. So, so for example, I think Gloomhaven is a better designed game. Okay. It has a better world. Uh, mm-hmm. It has more immersive experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I don't, I don't always want to play Gloomhaven. You know, you could ask me on, if I have an hour free, if I want to play Gloomhaven, or and I'm going to, you know, yeah. I have to be in the mood. It feels like an epic adventure. Okay. Um, you know, it happens with movies all the time. I think there are movies that are, you know, better movies, mm-hmm. but I don't want to watch them all the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, given the BGG rankings, it says, you know, always enjoy playing it, and you think that'll always never change, and, you know, Five years from now, I think if somebody wants to pull this out of game night, I'm going to be. So if we mix both rating, it will be 9.5, right? Yeah, I think so. Which still is super good for a game. Yep. Anyway, today's episode was about Street Masters. Did you hear it? I really, uh, we really hope that you enjoyed this episode, Caleb. You're going to be with us in more and many, many, many episodes in the future. Uh, also, in future episodes, uh, you know, I would like to be discussing more in deep about you. Probably we can talk about uh, Gloomhaven too, about uh, Mage Knight, even if it's You know, back in 2013, I think it was released. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, we can talk about that. We can talk about another game that you have, which is pretty good, uh, The Reckoners. Yep. About the books, they're great. But thank you so much for being with us today, and I hope we can do many, many, many more together. Yeah. Thanks a lot. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And don't forget, please look for us on Facebook as a Solo BG Podcast. Once again, follow us on Facebook, Solo BG Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop. 